0: Do you love the sound of squeaking sneakers on a shiny hardwood? You get just as pumped about a fast break dunk as you do a touchdown pass. Would you be just as excited to meet Jimmy Jackson as you would Archie Griffin? If so, then this is the show for you. You're listening to Shots from the Shot, presented by the OHIO Podcast.
1: Now it's game time. OHIO. And welcome back to Shots from the Shot. And I am joined once again by Eric Boggs. How are you doing today, Eric?
0: Doing great, man. Ohio State football is undefeated. Men's Ohio State basketball is undefeated. Uh, women's Ohio State basketball is undefeated. We're just a bunch of winners here in the Buckeye State, baby.
1: Oh, you know it. And i tell you, that women's team, they looked really good again today, especially on the defensive end. I think they had 20 steals, which is just outrageous. <laughs> <clears throat> but, Getting the uh, job
0: done. Getting the job done.
1: Oh, absolutely. I tell you they're fun to watch, but uh all right, well, today we're gonna we'll start off with uh talking about j T. Tui Molow deciding to forgo his basketball and stick strictly to football. I tell you, I was a little bummed out because just just the thought and the idea of him playing on that basketball team, especially after seeing what an athletic freak of nature he is, it was very <laughs> enticing to think about.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Jason, I, I, th- if there's one thing about this basketball team that scares me a little bit, it's our depth in the post, and I think that that there would be there would be a place for someone like JT or you know, a bigger bodied football player that could get in there and kind of be an enforcer and throw his weight around a little bit, you know? Um, But in all honesty, I totally get it. I mean, the dude is going to be probably a first round draft pick next year in the NFL. Um, I think he's having, he's having a really good sophomore year and it's only, he's only going to get better. Uh, I, he could be, you know, I'd hate to put uh, expectations on somebody, but he could have a Joey Bosa, you know, Chase Young type of junior season next year, man. And you can't you can't um, you risk you know, risk that by wanting to be a two sport athlete. So I totally get it.
1: Oh, I, I definitely agree. I wouldn't chance it if I was in his shoes. But <laughs> he's definitely got that ceiling and I definitely agree with you. I could see him even surpassing what those guys did in college. I don't know about in the NFL because Nick Bosa is just a freak of nature in the NFL.
0: Yeah, Nick and Hicks having the the best, uh, you know, out of those three, he had the least uh, statistically good Ohio State career. Of course, he was injured that junior year, but uh, statistically in the NFL, he's having the best NFL career out of the three. So makes that decision he had when he was a junior and he shut it down. Makes it look like he made the right one, doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely! But I mean, you you knew, especially if you follow recruiting, that he was going to be the man. Because I mean, he was so far advanced even in high school than most of these kids that come into college. I mean, he he probably honestly could have went in the NFL after his freshman year and been okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it was definitely uh, <laughs> he he was a. I don't even know what you want to call him a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So, but yeah, I, I definitely would have loved to have seen JT playing basketball or even a DeJuan Jones. Cause I agree with you a hundred percent. We do need some more depth in that low post. I mean, I, I'm liking what Akpara is bringing behind, but I mean, that's about it really. We're pretty much down as Ed Key and Akpara. I, I'm not, so sure on kalen etzler yet because he just hasn't haven't seen him out there too much
0: yeah not not impressed of course i wasn't impressed you know i talked to you about that uh the last couple uh podcasts we did that i just i don't i don't see it there you know uh he seems very unsure with the basketball in his hands uh, very timid, and, uh, you know, quite a few mental errors when he's out there on the court. Of course, you know, that that could be nerves, too. I mean, he this is the first time he's playing Division I college basketball after redshirting for a year. So there's, there's going to be an adjustment period for the young man. I understand that, but, it, you know, I'll tell you, I have been really impressed with Felix Akpara. The guy has surprised me now I kind of I kind of figured offensively he was not going to be, um, you know, someone who you could rely on for, you know, uh, 10 points here, you know, but he is definitely doing his job on the defensive side of the ball. And he's much more athletic running up and down the court than I anticipated. I think he's going to be very, very good. And my prediction of who he reminded me of, I think is spot on.
1: Right. Definitely. I'll tell you, the crazy thing about him, too, is he can run just as well up court with that basketball as he does without it.
0: Yeah, he's he's not the scorer that Zed Key is, but just as like a pure center, he's he's got maybe a little bit higher of a ceiling in the in the NBA than what Zed Key Key does because of his size. You know, Zed Key is very limited due to his height. Um, you know, he's going to have to develop that outside shot. If he's going to try to make an attempt to play at the next level. And, uh, you know, he kind of surprised me a little bit in that first game with, uh, hitting a couple three pointers.
1: Yeah. Especially being what he was the the first basket of the season was the three from up top.
0: It was like, no, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he seemed, he seems to, uh, hit it halfway consistently. Like he's, uh, looks really confident in his shot and his form looks great. Yeah. So, well, you know, that's something like you said that he did have to have if he's going to make it at the next level. Cause he's, I mean, I know he's good defensively, but he's just not that super athletic type of defender for his size, like a Ben Wallace or a Dennis Rodman. You know, you got to have that just extra gear when you're a little undersized like that. Even Draymond Green. So he's, he's definitely got to get that long range and mid range working for him, which he seems to be doing. So it would be interesting to see how he does throughout the year, because uh, I was waiting for him to make this type of step last year and he didn't do it. So hopefully he does it this year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, all right, well, I guess we can uh, kind of move on to uh, our good old... Uh, turncoat george washington the <laughs> third
0: yeah so um national signing day was this past week jason and um i am thoroughly impressed with ohio state's four-man class in 2023 they are uh ranked six nationally overall um, I think that as far as the Big Ten, I think they were either first or second in the Big Ten in uh, their class.
1: Second behind Michigan State.
0: Second behind Sparty. Not surprised about that. Uh, you know, but one of our one of our previous uh, commits was George Washington the third, from mm-hmm. Dayton, Ohio, who decided to decommit and then committed to the team up north, and he. Is their prized possession of this class. He's ranked 75th nationally. He's the ninth highest ranked shooting guard in the country, and he was the second highest uh, recruit from the state of Ohio. And uh, he uh, goes up to join Papa Conte from South Kent, Connecticut, and he's a 6'10, 215 pound center. Uh, who's ranked 107th nationally and 14th at the position of center and fourth from the state of Connecticut. And those two are the class for that team up north, just those guys. So this was a huge get for Juwan Howard because up until that point, he just really didn't have, The guys now they're a little bit limited on space in order for to have that class, but be on the lookout for Juwan to maybe go in the transfer portal after this year to grab a few guys. But uh, yeah, George Washington III. I, I, I hated to see that, but here's how I kind of viewed this, Jason, and maybe you'll agree or disagree with me. But if a kid decommits and then commits to your rival, did you really want him to start with?
1: Well, at the beginning, I did, but now I don't. And I'm normally not that guy to hope someone fails, but the fact that he went to Michigan, I kind of hope he fails,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's kind of um, yeah, he's kind of about the enemy number one, right? I mean, you just you hate to see that. But you know, I'm not terribly disappointed because the class that we got is just really, really good. And I don't know if you want to go over the class or not a little bit. Uh, if you want to, I'd be happy to go over the class with you, Jason, real fast.
1: Yeah, i tell you, the uh, what what made it not hurt so much is the fact that they did not waste any time. And it only took them, what, like 15 days to go out and find a replacement who was actually higher ranked and a little bit bigger and better at the position, he, uh, and Taysen Chapman. And I tell you, that kid... He's was he the number one player out of Minnesota, and I've yeah. I've I've heard people say he's the best pure scorer in all the Midwest for high school basketball.
0: Yeah, you know this class is just loaded. So let's start there. Let's start with Tayson Chapman, a six four, hundred and seventy pound guard, uh, ranked forty third nationally, high four star. He's tenth at his position and first from the state of Minnesota. He's from Minneapolis, so he shuns the Golden Gophers. He shuns the Fighting Illini. He shuns Michigan State. He shuns that team up north. He decides he wants to be a Buckeye. He is signed. He is in the class, and this is a cat who I think is going to make an impact next year with this team. What I really love about what Chris Holtman has done with these back-to-back classes, Jason, is he is now building his program. He had to rely on the transfer portal this offseason, and so far the returns on that in the first two games have been very positive. But with this freshman class he has this year in 2022, coupled with the four four guys we're going to talk about here in the class of 2023, there are seven legitimate possible NBA guys in these two in these two classes that is impressive jason and 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 chapman's not even the highest ranked kid in this class that goes to scotty middleton from wichita kansas how in the world we got him to not go to kansas is beyond me but the strong forward who's six six 180 pounds is a very high four star four star ranked 38th nationally i think the top 30 get five stars so he was knocking on the door being a mcdonald's all-american five star he's the seventh highest ranked uh, strong forward in all of high school basketball he's the third highest ranked recruit from the state of kansas and scotty middleton along with Tayson chapman are definitely the stars of this class, but you can't even sleep on the number one recruit from the state of Ohio. That'd be know. Devin Royal from right down the road here from me in Pickerington Central High School in Pickerington, Ohio. The 6'7, 210 power forward is ranked 49th nationally, 10th at his position, uh, and first in the state of Ohio. Again, a f- high four star recruit. This kid is special. He is going to be, again, another one along with Middleton and Chapman that I think could possibly be plug and play. If he doesn't start next year, he will be the, one of the first kids off the bench. Love what Devin Royal brings to this class. And then finally, the fourth and final signee of the 2023 class was Austin Parks from St. Mary's, Ohio, from Memorial High School. He is a big body. I mean, I wish we had this kid this year just for depth reasons. 6'9", 240-pound center, ranked 170th nationally, 27th uh, at his position in the country, and he's the fifth highest ranked recruit here from the Buckeye State. Austin Parks, Devin Royal, Taysen Chapman, and Scotty Middleton are your 2023 uh, commits and signees of the 2023 uh, Ohio State basketball class, Jason.
1: Oh, and they're impressive. I tell you that. Austin Austin Parks, I've been watching a lot of footage on him, and man, that kid has just got amazing footwork. low post ability i mean he can back it back up to the basket and shoot he can face the basket and shoot i mean there's not a whole lot that he can't do (laughs) and the fact that he's that low rated is kind of uh just a mind better to me because i can't imagine that many other centers being better than him
0: yeah i love what chris holtman had to say about this class and the last class he said these are all gym rats that's a term from back when I was in high school, Jason. A gym rat was a kid who literally lived in the gym. They ate, slept, and breathed basketball. They were always in the gym working on their game, whether it was shooting, uh, their dribbling, uh, whether it was a pop and shoot or, you know, just everything that they could you could possibly do in a gymnasium to work on your game. These guys are doing it. You know, They, you know, yes, they, they've got uh, the God-gifted abilities to to play basketball but they are hard workers on top of it and when you get to the next level you've got to have the ability to want to push through and work on your game because it comes easy to you when you're in high school you know when you're this good it's when you play kids who are as good as you at the next level where it takes something special to be better than that opponent across from you and i love what the coach holtman said that all four of these guys are just gym rats they're just they're going to put in the work to be great and i think right now coupled with that uh, 2022 class like i said you know i was i was kind of down on holtman i'm not anymore man i i am i am super pumped on what we got and i'll tell you already those assistant coaches that we talked about a few episodes mm-hmm. ago are paying dividends in on the recruiting trail, Jason.
1: Oh, absolutely. Jack Owens is uh, the man. He's he's our Brian Hartline for the basketball team, no doubt about it. Because that's all that guy does is get top talent, and he makes them even better while they're there. So it's, it's going to be fun to see what he does with all this young talent. And um, I know you were talking about Middleton, and I know one, one of the things that, they were talking about with him that might have had something to do with him spurning Kansas to come to Ohio state is the fact that they're talking about using him as a point guard. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Hey, I, you know, I'll, I'll take that man. Uh, uh a a six, six point guard.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like that.
1: And I mean, uh, Holtman, he really seems to be making this program and taking a lot of what like types of things that Ryan Day has done, as far as bringing in that certain type of person, you know, not just uh, the the high stars or the ratings. Like you just you got to be able to fit this team, and that was uh, one one of the reasons Tayson Chapman said that he knew he instantly wanted to be at Ohio State because he felt comfortable with the coaches as people and with the team as like a family environment more so than a, just a team and, you know, guys in the locker room. Right. Uh, I really like what all of Ohio state seems to be doing with all their sports because it, it it's spreading throughout every one of the programs on campus. It seems like to me.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, even, even some of the a lesser known sports right now, uh the 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 girls track team cross country team Uh, i mean they just went and uh, we had a girl win uh uh, the big 10 championship in cross country which is something i don't know that necessarily has happened at ohio state at least in a very very long time so you're right jason
1: did she win the national title
0: you know i she might have i i mean it's just it's crazy right now i can't i i mean i don't know for sure i'd have to look it up but uh I do know she went into one, went, went and won the Big Ten's. I think the team won the Big Ten, uh, conference championship. And you know our other sports, our hockey team's doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 upset number one. Um, I think it was Minnesota. They played a two game series with them. Minnesota's ranked number one in the nation. And they split in the two games, uh, so they're playing really, really well. Uh, You know, our girls and men's gymnastics teams are, you know, they're always really good. The wrestling team is off to a very good start as well. Um, Of course, that program, along with Penn State, is kind of ruling the Big Ten right now. So, I mean, there's just a lot of really good athletics happening over there on the campus of the Ohio state university. And this is where I know a lot of people want to give them grief, but this is where Gene Smith has done a very good job well, whether it's been through building better facilities with that, the Covetti center, which is where they have the gymnastics and wrestling. Now uh, they're getting ready to build a brand new tennis facility. Uh, you got the Jesse Owens facility for track and field. That is just beautiful state of the art you ever go to a ohio state football game and you park down there uh, near the nursing center and you walk uh, up the northern uh, from the north down to the south to the stadium and you get to go by the athletic complexes there Uh, the jesse owens stadium is just gorgeous you've got the baseball stadium that is just again it's better than some triple a parks man it it is just gorgeous (laughs) athletics at Ohio State right now is just second to none. And, uh, again, Gene Smith needs a lot of credit for that.
1: Oh, absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, the only – mistake he ever made was the uh not using that thing for 2011 instead of 2012 <laughs> yeah we could have
0: we could have won that t- 2012 national championship and yeah. gene will forever have that stain on his record there's no doubt about that but you have to give the man credit he he's bounced back from that incredibly well
1: oh he, he's been a, a great part of ohio state and then I, i'm liking that new president they've got as well
0: Oh yeah, President Johnson. She is awesome. She is. She is all about uh, the athletics. Of course, she was a volleyball player for Stanford okay. uh, in the Pac-12. So a lot. There's a little birdie. Okay, I, I've got a little birdie over at Ohio State who has told me that the USC UCLA coming to the Big Ten. A lot of that was driven by Gene Smith and President Johnson. Oh, and, I see that. And there is a very real. Very real desire on her part to see her alma mater and Stanford join as well down the road. But that if that's going to happen, Notre Dame has to be a part of that package, I'm pretty sure. Um, but we'll see. I also know, and again, this might be getting off topic a little bit, and I apologize, Jason, but I also know for a fact that TCU – is in talks with the Big Ten as well about future expansion with them because the Big Ten wants to get into the Texas market and TCU brings those Dallas eyeballs to the Big Ten.
1: right. Hey, why not? I mean, they're not horrible. They're better than Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: true. Of course, when it comes to football – Woo. You know, I don't know if you saw the rumors about Deion Sanders going to Nebraska, but there ain't no way in God's greens earth that that happens, man.
1: I I just I do not want to see that at all, because that guy will be even if he's not successful right away, you know, he's going to bring recruits right off the bat.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but I mean, there's a there's a there's a cachet there that would be interesting. But if it all goes wrong. I, I could see that being a being a really big uh, uh, issue there in Nebraska, given that fan base and and given that personality. I, I just don't see Deion Sanders being a fit for that program in, in Nebraska.
1: No, nah, he he he's too showy, too showboaty. That's for sure. But he definitely would bring the NIL money with him because he's got that, that what, barstool sports that he's a majority owner or something. I, I just,
0: yeah, I I think if Ne if Neon Dion does not go to Auburn, he will he will stay where he's at and wait for uh, the Florida State job. Yeah, which, which he might be waiting a while given their turnaround
2: this year.
1: Oh no doubt, I tell you, I I follow him on a couple of social media things, and that dude is something else in that locker room. <laughs> I can yes. see why players definitely want to be there. But all right, well, well, we'll get back on topic here and we'll move on to our segment three going over the Buckeye men's basketball. Two wins. First up was a game against Robert Morris on November 7th. They came away with a 91 to 53 victory. Um, Robert Morris, I mean, they they hung tough for a little while in the first half. But after that, the Buckeyes just pretty much went about it in a business like mentality and. Rattled off their 19th straight season opener, uh, led by Justice Suing with his 20 points. And what impressed me most on his stat line was the three steals. I thought that was really impressive. Um, Zed Key had a double-double. He shot four or five from the floor, two or three from the three-point line, and 10 rebounds. You know he's doing what he's supposed to, and then uh, I was pretty impressed with the freshman Bryce Sensabaugh stepping right in with 17 points and nine rebounds. And then your guy Isaac Likely, nine points, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks. That's uh, that's a JTT uh, type. Stat line right there,
0: filling up the stat box there,
1: huh? <laughs> oh, that was impressive, man. That guy does everything. And I yeah, definitely, he does. So, definitely so, like having him.
0: <laughs> yeah, so gotta be honest. I was only able to see highlights from this game. It was it was on the Big Ten Plus, which you have to buy that, or you know, right. you, you want to go at it, and I, I didn't. I can't justify paying for that thing for one game, you know um ohio state rest of their games this season are all going to be televised whether they're on cbs the big 10 network fox sports one they're all going to be televised now for the remainder of the season but yeah that first the that first one they kind of throw the big 10 net uh the big 10 network a bone by being on that letting them put that first one on the plus app there and uh so, you know, eyeballs trying to get more people to, to purchase it. You know, that's what Ohio State's letting them do there. But 91-53 win over Robert Morris. Robert Morris has, has gone on to win their second contest of the year. So they're now one and one. They're, they're a decent basketball program. They usually are around 500 or better uh, by the end of the season in the conference that they play in. Uh, they play uh, teams like Wright State, which is down in Dayton, Cleveland State, of course, up in Cleveland. Um, so they're, you know, they play Youngstown State a couple times. So they're they're uh, they're a team that gets around the state of Ohio uh, with some of the smaller schools. They'll be playing Dayton. Uh, next Saturday on the 19th, uh, so they'll be going down to Dayton to play the Flyers, who are ranked in the top 25, by the way. But Robert Morris is a decent basketball program, and so to dominate them, Jason, the way we did, 91-53, says a lot about how early on this season I feel like Chris Holtman has got a has got his a good a feel for the pulse of this team. I feel like these transfers that they've brought in are um, gelling very well with one another. Um, you know, Sean McNeil has, has impressed me uh, a lot uh, coming off the bench. Uh, Isaac Likely uh, – actually, he started the second game there. But Isaac Likely, of course, from Oklahoma State has impressed me as well. Tanner Holden in that first game played 18 minutes and had 12 points, so I wasn't surprised at all that he was in double-digit scoring. Um, Bryce Sinsenbaugh, 17 points in his first collegiate basketball game. A little pat on the back there, Jason, to you uh, for calling that one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he he looks like he belongs, doesn't he? Like, there's oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs>
0: the, the physicality that that young man plays with and the the uh, way he sees the floor, given his size at such a young age, is very, very impressive. And you're right it is reminiscent a little bit of, of baby Zion, you know, there's a little (laughs) bit there that uh, can get you extremely excited as a Buckeye fan, but I just can't get over in that first game, seeing how comfortable justice suing looked after basically sitting out the entire season last year with a season ending injury. And, the man looks like he just hasn't missed a beat jason 20 points uh played just over 24 minutes in that first game so you know played well over the first half looked looked very very comfortable and it is good to have our captain back
1: oh absolutely he he was smooth with the jump shot that's for sure and just having them guys that can drive the lane like that You know, because it creates and opens up so many things for other players. And that was one thing that has kind of stuck out to me about this group is they actually, like you said, you know, they're gelling well, but they they seem to play more for each other than themselves. Like they actually are really buying into that whole team concept and everybody makes that that extra pass. And I I really like that. That's going to help down the road.
0: Yeah, they move the basketball very, very well. They, they, they look like a basketball team that's been playing for years.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that,
0: that's what's so shocking to me.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when you see their assist numbers for that game, they only had 18, so it seems really deceiving when you, when you sit and watch them. And if you do want to watch that game, I actually did post a the full game um, on our fan page, it's a YouTube video, so it's cut down to an hour, so no commercials, but it is the entire game.
0: Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, honestly, don't know if I'll go back and watch it at this point, but um, yeah, if I'm if I'm bored and need something to do, Jason, I'll jump <laughs> on there and maybe check it out. But I did watch the hi- like like the extended highlights, like 20 minutes of highlights. So, right. Uh, you know, basically almost saw half the game essentially.
1: Hey, they do a good job with those 20-minute highlights. They get all the baskets in there, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> right. So, all right, well, we'll move on to game two against Charleston Southern. And I hope you were able to watch this one. <laughs> I
0: was. I, I did. I watched it from start to finish.
1: And, you know, he got a, they got the win, 82-56. to And, once again, Zed Key kind of led the way with his second double-double in a row. Um, He had had, uh, 13 of his 17 total points and 10 rebounds he had in the first half, which was really impressive that he was able to secure that double-double in the first half, let let alone throughout the entire game. And the defense was really solid, holding uh, Charleston Southern to 9 of 31 and 1 of 11 three-pointers in the first half, going in with a 46-22 to lead pretty much had the game put away and like i know we've talked about several times the uh, what the last five minutes or four minutes of the first half and the first five minutes of the second half and in the second half of the, towards the start they had that nice run of 17 points that was scored all by the freshmen on
2: mm-hmm. this team
1: like that was something to get excited about that you know they can take over at any time they're not missing a beat on this team whatsoever so far, and I really like it.
0: Yeah, you got, you know, we mentioned Sensenball in the first game. Right now he's tied with Justice Suing for the team leader in in points, you know. So, you know, he's got that going for him right now. Right now Justice Suing and Bryce Sensenball both are averaging 15.5 points, and Zed Key's right behind him with the raising of the roof and the finger guns at 15 (laughs) points a game. Uh, Sean McNeil, like I mentioned, he kind of had a slow offensive game in the first game, but jumped back out in the second game, had a good game. He's averaging nine and a half points a game. Roddy Gale Jr., the other freshman, averaging eight. Tanner Holden, uh, a little bit off to a slow start here, seven points a game. Um, Look for Tanner Holden to kind of jump out and I think become more of an offensive threat. Um, he's he's the sixth man right now. So interesting. He's not the starter. He's the sixth man, and I kind of like him at the sixth man because I really like teams having to concentrate on the fact that if you double down on Zed Key, Sean McNeil is going to kill you from the three point line.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And it's nice to have that that pure scorer to come off the bench like that. You, you, all the like great championship teams they have have that guy. So we definitely – I like him there a lot. And if him and McNeil kind of go back and forth as far as like with their point to- totals like they have so far in the first two games because Holden had 12 in the first game and McNeil had 13 in the second game, like I'll I'll take that.
0: Oh, yeah. Not to mention you can throw in uh, Gale Jr. and Sinzabal as freshmen doing what they're doing. this This team – is poised to be to be reckoned with in the big 10 when it comes to them putting the biscuit in the basket. Um, Isaac likely is just a man body. I mean, the guy, the guy's a little Sherman tank out there. He's, he's much taller than what he looks like when he plays, but I mean, he's, he's kind of running the engine here right now. He's leading the team in minutes with 26 a game so far. Um, My my kind of thought process that he would be kind of the one that kind of usher in Bruce Thornton being the starting point guard into the future. I think that that prediction is spot on. The two almost look like they could be brothers.
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Not only how they
0: look, they both got the long dread thing going on, but they just they're both kind of bigger body point guards. Um, But having that. Upper classman leadership between likely and Holden and McNeil coupled with suing. And now Zed key, who's a junior. Now he's an upperclassman as well. This just feels like an experienced basketball team. Um You know, it's nice to have uh, that, that injection of youthfulness, but these guys, I'm telling you, these guys are not going to be overwhelmed. They're not going to be, you know When it gets down to the moment, and I'll give you a, a, an example of what I'm about to talk about, but when it gets down to the end of a game and it's nitty-gritty, they're not going to make a boneheaded freshman mistake. Um, you go back and you look at the ending of Gonzaga and Michigan State, and Michigan State had Gonzaga on the ropes and should have won that basketball game, but they made mental errors that a young basketball team makes in moments like that. This This Ohio State team will not be doing that. They are they are mature upperclassmen. They've been in these situations before, especially you know having uh, likely having played in the Big Twelve, as well as uh, uh, McNeil. You know, I just feel like those two guys. The moment's not going to be too big for them.
1: Oh, I agree. And likely, he just seems like that guy that it will gladly take over when it when it's needed and go in and get that dirty bucket.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and I'll tell you a little, a little kind of surprising thing that I saw that I didn't anticipate is how well Sean McNeil attacks the offensive glass. Like he he will crash down on the boards on the offense, uh, which is normally something you don't see from a three point shooter. You know, usually they stay outside and they don't crash the boards. He is absolutely crashing the boards. And then let's you know talking about offensive rebounding, let's give Zed Key some. Some uh, credit here, man. He was absolutely a force on the boards, especially on the offensive side. At the beginning of that game against Charleston Southern, he get, he got us three second chances and converted them because of him crashing on the
1: boards. All right, and that was all right at the very beginning. So he, he set the tone. He's there it the is. man. Yep. yep. And I'll tell you, it's funny because you had mentioned the uh, raise the roof and the finger guns. Michigan fans absolutely hate the finger guns. <laughs> I love it. Like I, I've heard so many Michigan fans up here talk bad on Zed Key when he does the finger guns. It's, it's the funniest thing ever.
0: <laughs> uh, if, if they hate it, I think we should all do it more.
1: Yeah. I want to get some shirts with the finger guns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: But I I'm mean, sure,
0: I'm sure he can get some kind of nil deal for this.
1: Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And I mean the the Buckeyes they're shooting really good from the field. Uh I mean they shot fifty two percent in the second game and fifty five in the first game. Granted their three point went way down in the second game to twenty seven percent and but at least they raised their free throws up to eighty nine from uh abysmal sixty two in the first game. But uh got it I don't know about the turnovers fourteen in both games, still seems a little high for me.
0: Well, a c- about three or four of those are at the end of the game when you've got your bench players and who kids who are practice squad kids. Right. So I mean, it's hard to, you know, we we kind of talked about uh, Etzler there at the beginning. I know he's got a couple. Um, yeah, the basketball is almost treated more of like a hot potato, and these get these kids. Are just, <laughs> You know, again, that's the difference between someone who's played college basketball for four years like Isaac Likely and someone who's, uh, you know, showing up for, you know, practice. You know, he's a bench player. It's, it's just a big difference there. And so, right. you know, I, I, I'm not too worried about that number right now. It's very, very early. You know, you've got a team where outside of Justice Suing and Zed Key, we've not seen any of these guys in a an Ohio State uniform, you know. So give them a little bit of time to, you know, get together and get things figured out. But I'm not, I'm not too worried about the turnover thing at this, at this moment. I think that, yeah, there might be a game where that might bite us in the butt. But right now, I, I just feel like, it, yeah, it's, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, it kind of scares me just because the last year with it being such an issue <laughs> it was it the turnovers, but yeah i mean you're you're right they are young and once they get going and thank god we have that upperclassmen leadership so all right well kind of keeping with that thought and the expectations of the team i will go into our segment four and how they're going to have a pretty tough end of the month with their last couple games starting off with uh San Diego State, who is ranked nineteenth, and I believe that is in the Maui Invitational, and th- then they finish off on the thirtieth against number seven Duke.
0: Yeah, so so they go to Maui. Um, they're going to play a couple games there, I believe. So you you start off with San Diego State, and I'm not really sure who the um the next opponent will be after that. It it depends on like you know what the bracket looks like but you I mean you're guaranteed San Diego State in at least one other game I believe if not two and then you've got Duke on November 30th on the road at Duke and then you know uh 2 weeks later you play uh North Carolina I think in a mutual site off you know out of out of the uh out of the friendly confines of Ohio and that one again UNC right now is ranked number 1 in the nation so you've got three, if not four, ranked opponents ahead of you in San Diego State, Duke, and UNC, maybe another one. And right. these are opportunities for you to to somehow find your way in, inside the top 25. I, my expectations of this team early on here is to not, you know, now I'm not saying it's not possible. I mean, I, I, anything's possible. But if you could win two out of those three, or two out of four, let's say they go one and one in Maui and then they split with Duke and UNC, that's a really good start for this basketball team. And it's probably good enough to get you into the top 25. I agree. Is what I'm thinking. Um, so, yeah, so if they can if they can win two out of those four, uh, San Diego State, their other opponent at Maui, and then Duke and UNC, they could go two and two in those four games. Then uh, you're looking at a top 25 basketball team right now.
1: All right. This this Maui Classic looks like it's, or Invitational looks like it's going to be a good group. You got Arizona, Arkansas, Cincinnati, Creighton, Louisville, San Diego State, Buckeyes, and Texas Tech.
0: Yeah. And if if I'm not mistaken, we might play Cincinnati, right?
1: Yeah. I I think that sounds right.
0: If they win, we could end up playing the Bearcats.
1: Yeah, um, I I believe that's what it is. Uh, let's which see. Be,
0: which would be crazy, you know, to play them over in in Maui as opposed to here in in Ohio. But um, yeah. So let's see. Let's look at the bracket here. And they I'm always
1: gonna... they always seem like a tough team too.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Right? Okay, so if we beat San Diego State, then the opponent will be the winner of Cincinnati, Arizona.
1: Ooh, both are, would be tough.
0: If and if we lose that game, then we play the loser of Cincinnati San Diego. Okay, mm-hmm. so there is a very real chance that and I think you might even play a third game here, based on these S- tournaments brackets. So the you know will we play Texas Tech, Creighton, Louisville, or, or Arkansas? Maybe oh. I, it just depends on how the bracket falls i believe here at this point but um yeah you get at least three games it looks like yeah so so we're gonna play three of those games so let's say let's say we upset san diego state and then we have to play cincinnati and we were to beat them then you're looking at probably i'm guessing louisville or creighton you know in the championship game
1: Uh, i think arkansas is supposed to be pretty decent this year too i really haven't looked any of that up <laughs> like these other teams but yeah it should be interesting my guess would be probably louisville
0: it's gonna be cool this is, this is a good <laughs> this is a fun little tournament here at the uh at the beginning of the season and it's gonna be happening right before thanksgiving so you get to wet your whistle like multiple days in a row so like they'll play they literally could play yeah they play back to back to back days
1: yeah, so, I tell you that bracket is crazy looking.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. You should look at this. Look this up online. Maybe if you get a chance, monk, uh, get a grab a copy of this and post it onto our fan page.
1: I got um, it so, covered,
0: so people can look at this thing because you know the 22nd. That's next week. So we're looking at yeah, you're looking at games on Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, no, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week.
1: Yep. Uh, Monday, the,
0: Tuesday, and Wednesday.
1: The Monday game is on ESPN2 at 9 p.m. There you go. For the San Diego State. And according to ESPN, the Buckeyes are, have a 51% chance of winning that game.
0: Hmm. Toss-up. So. It's a pick em. It's a coin flip. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, mo- next Monday night, man, uh, 9 o'clock. Enjoy that one, dude. If you got to go to bed early, uh, set the DVR. Or if you're like Monk when you get home. <laughs> you can watch that one after working a night shift, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. So three games, uh, and then they come back and get a little bit of a break before Duke. So, Whew, that's a four game stretch right there, Buckeyes.
1: I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna call it right now. We're gonna beat Duke, and it's Again, at huh? Yep, and it's at uh, the Cameron Indoor Stadium. But and I'm gonna go with what you know. One of your reasons is because of all their young kids, they're gonna mess up. And our Buckeyes are going to capitalize at the end of the game and take it over and win it.
0: Well, they're, last they're, last time we played them, old finger guns had himself a day.
1: You know, I think he's going to have another big day.
0: I like it. I like That's it. That's for like
1: the sure. a prediction. Because so, like the um, they're when I was looking at like their leading scorers in that, yeah, they have multiple guys that score in double digits, but most you know they're really only hitting about ten to thirteen points. So you're not having that 20-point score. I think the the highest so far that anyone on that team scored is 18 points once. So I think we got a real shot to just put it to them, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. So, and, you know, have have the uh, all these new Buckeyes, the freshmen and the transfers, have they kind of met your uh, expectations so far in this early part of the season?
0: Yeah, so I saw when you put this in in our show notes that you were going to ask this question. I thought I thought about it, monk, and you know, I got to be completely honest with you. They've exceeded my expectations. Um I was pretty hard on Chris Holtman down the stretch last year in that team. And I don't know if that affected my expectations or just the fact that I knew like you you have to rely on transfers and I'm not a big like you know, relying on someone who wasn't necessarily a star on their team. But I think there's just such a good chemistry right now on this team. And, you know, I was thinking about this, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, but it seemed like to me that Chris Holtman was really enjoying himself these first two games as a coach.
1: Oh, absolutely. He looks
0: so comfortable on the sideline this year. And I think there might be some things behind the scenes that we just didn't know about the last few years that were really hard for him as a head coach. I mean, think about this. How many times in the last few years has he had to sit down a player for discipline reasons?
1: uh, Probably at least once every season that he's been there.
0: It feels that way, doesn't it?
1: except for maybe the first year.
0: Yeah. And, and you had that, then you had some injuries and then I think you had some guys that just didn't fit well with his system.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Or maybe maybe just weren't taking coaching. Well, that right now, I just feel like he is on a different, he seems so much happier. And I think it's because he's got a group of players that, Fit his system in the style of play that he wants to play and who are accepting coaching really, really well. And he's enjoying himself. So I think that there is a very, very good chance that this basketball team, although they did not start, you know, ranked in the top 25 to start the season. And their expectations were to be kind of middle of the pack in the Big Ten, according to all the preseason prognosticators. I feel like this team is going to exceed expectations of a lot of people this season. And this is the kind of basketball team, Jason, that I can really get behind because they're, they're a a young. uh, I shouldn't say that because they're not all young, but they are a gritty basketball team.
1: Oh, absolutely. That, that showed in that uh, scrimmage and exhibition that we went over, you know, guys just diving on the floor for loose balls. I mean, just going hard at it. Like I love that type of team. You know, the '04 four Pistons were one of my all time favorite teams and they, they had that workman mentality. Get your lunch pail and your hard hat and let's go to work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's who these guys are. And I think, I think Holtman is enjoying coaching him. I think he's got a really, really good assistant coaching staff right now as well. I have been very impressed with what I have seen there in the clips where i've seen that the assistant coaches are getting getting into you know getting into some of the uh Xs and Os and and not just yelling from the sideline or writing down stats for Holtman, you know, and expecting him to make all decisions, but they are bringing to him uh ideas and uh next level things that a lot of coaches who aren't necessarily uh, maybe as experienced as they have been could do. And so I feel very good about this basketball team early. Now, I don't think they go into Maui and go 3-0 and here. I mean, maybe they, they will, and they'll surprise me, and they'll do a Jason Monk, and they'll uh, they'll upset Duke again. But that's not my expectations, but I'll tell you this much. I don't think they get blown out in any of these games.
1: No, no, not at all. And I mean, you know, let's go a little bit on the coaching staff. I mean, even when your video guy is championship pedigree from the NBA with the Bucks and everything he talked about when he came in, just getting them back, you know, the, to just focusing on all the little things, the details. I mean, this the coaching staff just feels like it's it's complete. And it's running like a well-oiled machine just as much as these players. And I think that's got a lot to do with Holtman, too. Like you said, that he can trust his staff to do what they need to do and not have to micromanage everything. And I think right. that's where he's, in, you know, got more time to enjoy things and enjoy these players as young men instead of just kids that he's coaching.
0: Yeah, I agree with you
1: 100%. So... All right, well, we'll move on to our last and final segment, our little buzzer beater. And, I mean, you don't have to say anything if you don't want to, but I've got to give a shout-out to the women's Buckeyes basketball team for their huge upset victory over the fifth-ranked Tennessee Lady Vols. Um, I mean, even Buckeye Nation, they had 6,500 people in attendance, which is really good for a women's basketball game.
0: And they stormed the court, man.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. But, I mean, you know, and they, they overcame some adversity because the volunteers, they were leading at halftime 41 to 33. And, man, them Lady Buckeyes just came out and put up 30 points in the third quarter and just never looked back after that. Ended up winning 87 to 75. And that, that Taylor Mike sell, man, is that that lady is awesome she had 25 points two steals and then their other one of their other seniors jc sheldon she had 14 points four rebounds seven assists and she had eight steals seven in the first half Mm. um i hope i do not like just kill this chick's last name uh their uh, their third senior rebecca me Kuleski, I can't do it. <laughs> but she's she's big number twenty three. She had uh, seventeen points, nine rebounds, three assists, and a steal. And then they have a highly touted freshman, Cody McCoty, the C O T I E McMahon. She had ten points on five or six shooting with two steals and their other starter sophomore Taylor Theory also had 10 points shooting a perfect 5 of 5. And the fact that they as a defense had they have 16 steals in that first game, forced 29 turnovers. And then today against uh, Boston College they had 20 steals and forced 23 turnovers. And I got to give a little love to one Tennessee player, um, Jordan Horston. She's a senior there. Um, She is actually from Columbus, Ohio, and she had 20 points, 13 rebounds in her effort so she did everything she could to have her team win but thank goodness they came up short <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah how could you not give a shout out to the lady buckeyes man when you start your season off taking down the legendary program of of tennessee which next to connecticut is is just you know you know a a one right and a two i mean oh yeah they're the legendary it's, women's basketball programs and have put so many girls in the uh Women, I should say, in the WNBA and uh, uh, the women's dream teams were filled with Connecticut, Tennessee gals. And, uh, you know, that's that's awesome. I mean, again, we mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but a lot of this has to do with Gene Smith putting an emphasis on uh, the, the the female uh, athletics at Ohio State as well. And giving young gals from around the Buckeye State, as well as the country, the opportunity uh, to not only get that scholarship but to compete on high levels, and Ohio State is doing just that,
1: oh yeah, and I tell you, I love their their defense man they are so hard nosed and they put pressure on the entire game I mean they they full court press right from the get go they do not take their foot off the gas pedal whatsoever.
0: gotta love that man that's uh, that uber aggressiveness, I love that.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean that uh Taylor Mike she talks about it. she's like, I love being the underdog. She's like, I want to prove everybody wrong. She says that's what we're here to do. <laughs> so and she expects them to be a final four team, if not win the entire thing this year. So
0: Go for it, man. Be you know, do it.
1: I mean, they were they were pretty close last year, and they've got, uh, I think they have six seniors on the team, and the three seniors I talked about on here were their leading, all three of their leading scorers and pretty much all their stats leaders throughout last season. So uh, it's going to be a fun team to watch, and definitely if you haven't watched them, I would strongly suggest that you do because they are fun to watch, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely, looking forward to it.
1: So, all right. Well, that will conclude our show. Thanks again, everyone, for all your support and listening to us. Give us a like, a follow. Check out all the other shows. Of course, you guys all know about the OHIO podcast with the football guys. They do an amazing job. And you've got varsity videos and then Buckeye Tobacco. Check them all out.
0: Sounds like a plan. I'll be doing that.
1: <laughs> All
0: right, sir.
1: Well, you, you keep calm and buckeye on. Have a good week, man. Good night, everybody.
2: <laughs> oh come let's sing oh high praise and songs through. Alma mater while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold the seasons pass the years will roll time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship oh